What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Life Through Sport podcast. For this week's episode, we changed it up a bit. I had the pleasure of being a guest on the Football and Beyond podcast, where we discussed everything from my start as a coach to if Arsenal can hold on in the title race to breaking down my top five saves of all time. I had such a great time sitting down with Leon and Giorgio, who both do an amazing job on their show. They made it feel more like a conversation than an interview, and I think you guys can kind of tell throughout the episode that it was a really good time for us. If you haven't already been following them, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram and YouTube so you guys won't miss any of their future drops. Their links will be in the description below. But for now, enjoy the episode with the Football and Beyond crew. We'll be back with our regular interview set up next week. And again, this is the Life Through Sport podcast. My name is Omar Zini. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Football and Beyond, the ultimate soccer show. I am your host, George Blamo. Leandre, Leandre Basile. Very nice <laughs> to meet you again, as always. And we're going to dive into the world of soccer and beyond the pitch today. Whew, we got a special guest, the coach of LAFC, Omar Omar, Senor Omar. Thank you. Thank you. Jeez. I got to correct that. I'm not a coach of LAFC yet. <laughs> Steve would be pissed if I said that. Why? Yeah, but you're, in this, you, you're not an assistant coach? I'm with the second team. Yeah, assistant okay. coach, second team. Come, so, come on, bro. That's a coach. Right? LASC2 assistant coach. Okay, but I'll, cool. I'll take it. I'll take okay. it. I appreciate it. Come on, that. bro. As a, as a, you know, we both play, you know, so yes, we got to give our respect. I appreciate that. Me? Yeah. What so, positions do you guys play? Uh, Shoot. I'm versatile. Mm. But... um. Don't mind him. That's laughing. the utility guy, bro. No, don't, no, no. don't mind he, him he, laughing. He, he, he's. I'll just say I'm versatile, okay. but I I do like playing up front, like a striker or winger. Mm. But put me in the midfield, and I I I'll do my he's thing. Like an attacking eight, false nine, yeah. right there. Yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah. my thing. Okay. I'll, he's really good. He's yeah. just lazy. That's yeah. his problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going. He's not going to let this one. Nah, last twenty minutes of the game, we'll throw him in. We need a goal. Oh, yeah, trust me. Oh, yeah. He will he'll burn everybody on that team <laughs> and then chip him and then smile. Look at that Oof. smile. <laughs> hey, when you say chip right Stop, now, it hurts, it hurts a little bit because Ramsdale got chipped. I'm an Arsenal fan, so Ramsdale got chipped in the mid midweek against uh you, well, you guys, right? You guys won today. Sporting. Yeah, yeah, there we go. You guys won today though. We did, yeah. I think four one against Palace. Yeah, four one. Mm -hmm. I by the way, just to like veer off a little bit, I don't know why Arsenal never went for a guy like Zaha. I don't know. I mean, because we got Martinelli I, right now. We got a good winger. So, I mean, it's and Saka too. So, right in, in the moment, maybe in the past, maybe. But right now, I think we're a little, we're set on those. And Trozard was a great pickup. Man. That man is a Which baller. One? Trozard. Oh, yeah. Trozard. Yeah. Oof. Belgian. That's that's why even Azar said he doesn't understand how walk up he got to get in. And Trozard didn't even have a place in, in, on the team. That's what we're doing right now. We're getting guys like Trussard. I mean, Trussard was already big at Brighton, so we kind of, we already know he's good. We didn't like discover him. But then you got Odegaard, who was the wonder kid, and then now we're... I'm so mad. What? Oh, man, you just watch him out there. I'm a Madrid guy. He would have. Oh, okay. He gave so, up on so him too I'm, soon. I'm, I'm, I'm like... Uh, but also, I can't be mad. He was he was starting to flourish at a time where Modric and, and Cruz were at their peak. Are you going to take mm -hmm. those guys off? It's not gonna for happen, sure. especially if you don't if you don't know it's a for sure thing, and it's not gonna happen. That's a right place, right time, right play, right place, wrong wrong time, time. wrong time, <laughs> and that was the right situation for Arsenal to be mm -hmm. able to just capitalize on it. That's I mean that's what it is. The scouting departments are always looking for those guys that maybe aren't valued, but in mm -hmm. the right system and the right I guess minutes in the right role, it happens. they'll flourish. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. all right, so let's talk. Tell the people who you are. Okay. Your background. Yes, sir. What's going on? Where, where, where should I start? 
let's start you as a player because you know I researched. You. Yeah, before you as a coach. <laughs> Eighteen okay. shutouts. Oh yeah, yeah. That man Sheesh. was, that man was yeah. playing. Sheesh. That man was on it. There's since then. I broke the record at Davis then, but then a buddy of mine, Wallace, who's I think he's playing at uh, Tacoma, which is the second team for Seattle Sounders. He broke the record after that. So I, I was watching him in his senior season going, please, dude, like, <laughs> if, if we're winning 2-0, let's just get a goal on this guy. Maybe he doesn't break the shutout record, but I love him. He, he broke it. But um, no, I started here in LA. Galaxy, started, right? Yeah, yeah. Galaxy Academy. But before that, I was with, a, if any of you guys know who Sharif Zane is. Mm -hmm. So he's like uh, in Pasadena, the guy who just, if you look at his, in his house, he has like 20 albums where he's taking photos with like every Madrid player, every Barca player, pretty much every team that's ever come to LA, he's been the guy behind the scenes kind of like orchestrating everything. And so I played with him and growing up, he was just like, dude, look, I was like five, five ten mm -hmm. when I was probably like 11. So he was like, okay, you're too slow on the field. We want you to play in goal. And that's kind of where I started in that sense of just kind of recognizing, okay, well, I'm not going to impact the field as much as I want to. So how about stepping in goal? And fortunately for me, so I'm half Mexican, half Lebanese. On the Mexican side, my uncle played professionally in Mexico for 10 Let's years. Go. Was on the youth national team as a goalkeeper uh, for Mexico. Nice. Went to the Olympics. Or he was in the Olympics, like, pool of players. And then last minute, you know how they are allowed to bring players that are, they have three players that three. are 23 and yeah. up. Yeah. And then they brought Jorge Campos. Sheesh. So he, he was like, um, it was him. Um, who was it? Uh, Conejo Perez, who's mm -hmm. like 5'9", but could jump through a roof. And then uh, Osvaldo Sanchez. So they brought those three guys. My uncle was the one who kind of got dropped out. But through those experiences, he retired at the same time I was starting. Mm -hmm. So I was like 11 years old. That Sharif, he came in to, to coach there. And he was hard on me, man. Fuck, well, I, I guess. My, those are, yeah, those of are course. Okay, okay. <laughs> be, be, be yourself. <laughs> uh, just kill me, bro. But it was like a family thing. So it was like we'd see him at the family functions. And every single time he would look at me like, bro, you got to work on your core. Like, you're too fat. Like, what? what I, in training, you can barely you can barely finish the training session. I'm pushing you right and left to dive, and like you're exhausted. You're crying about how you want to get better. But in I front see of the you. whole family. No, he put me off to the side. Oh, a little I was about bit. to say, but like, no, but who? That's, that, like, that's that. I'm 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 gonna drill you. Yeah. Ooh. He wasn't easy though. That's the thing. I think I needed that tough but love a little good, bit. Though. You do. Yeah. But I think at that young age, you're not really. You don't have the self awareness enough. Uh, self awareness enough to recognize the big picture. You just think this guy's picking on me. He's my uncle. Why? Yeah. How, how do I differentiate from you telling me you love me as a as a family member to you wanting the best for me as as a player? So luckily for me, he stuck with me and continued to push me through. And then with Sharif, he would tell me he would say, "Look, I need the goalkeeper that's playing for this team to be good with their feet. I need everything to to flow through the mm -hmm. goalkeeper because I see that's where the game is going." So from day one, it was just like super uncomfortable but then i got more and more comfortable and by the time i was 12 13 in the rondos and stuff i felt like i could see things a step ahead so whenever like let's say one person would receive it as the third man run i always knew where to be so i always felt like i had a, a like a sense for the game which helped me as a goalkeeper because i was slow mm -hmm. so i recognized multiple times like look if i'm if the ball's coming over the the back line i need to be about 10 15 yards off my line just so i can cover that space the same way a goalkeeper who's faster, could drop off a little bit. Smart. So I started reading the game a little bit more, and I felt like that was my identity as a player and what I brought to the team. And then from there, our team uh, was probably one of the top teams in the, in the country at like 14, 15. And then the Galaxy Academy started. Mm -hmm. So then they said, look. We got to have them. Yeah, we want to. Uh, for me, it was like they they scouted on pretty much my entire team. So like eight of us went. So the guys who didn't make the team, like they continued with, with Sharif's team. Yeah. 
but the rest of us we went through galaxy yeah the galaxy and it was just like it was a it was when beckham was still at his high you had robbie Keane killing it you had landon donovan on on top jossie's artist was still kind of coming up yeah well jossie was in that. like our academy system still so i played with him my my second year when i was there but he was still like, okay, this guy is is someone of a, a homegrown that we could probably bring in later on. Young Zardis. Yeah, but it was it was those I think early days where you started to realize like how much investment really goes into a player, and the coaches there as well. When you scout a player, you want to know that this guy has a ceiling. This person has the ability to actually take what we're giving them. And I think what's one of the the topics we'll cover is like one of the things that I learned is. As a player, your retention level is so key. Mm-hmm. If you and I are the same physical uh, abilities and mm-hmm. the same like technical ability at the time, but you can retain information better than I can, okay, you're telling me one thing, then you're getting better and better and better, and I'm still trying to figure out. I'm trying to how to just process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is it's that process. Uh, I guess that process to application yep. is such an important thing that I think a lot of people uh, miss. And I told you earlier about like some of those kids that make the youth national team so young. And nowadays, even with the Mexican national team, they're recruiting a lot of Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get a lot of these kids, especially LAFC, who are getting called into the national team, going to play in these CONCACAF uh, like World Cup qualifiers and stuff, going to the World Cups. And in their mind, they've made it. And in their mind, like, they've peaked at their level of like, this is what I need to maintain and to get to a first-team contract, to get sold to another part of the world. When in reality, you're just barely scratching the surface. And I think that's the missing link right now with the young kids is recognizing... You're not a finished product, but this is just information that we're trying to give you. Retain it and get an, uh, and apply it. You know. So, do you think the international like breaks kind of affects a player's development in a way? Uh, I think you know they they sometimes we have for us we've had players go off for a few weeks, so they'll go you know train with the team, and I think we have a set objective for those players of like we need you to take this tactical concept, take this technical concept and develop you as an individual in the system of play that LAFC wants. And then when they go to their their country, I think it's just results oriented. Okay. So I, I would say, again, from the results side, they're, they're just seeking results, trying to, to win games and qualify, which they should. But with us, it's more of a development feature. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like stunning their growth. But I think up here, to apply the <coughs> technical and tactical concepts that we want to apply to you, you need to be open to receiving. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when they go to these national camps, their mindset is completely like, I'm better than this. Why yeah. do I need to listen to you? If what I've done myself and all the things that I've applied on my own, I guess, accountability, why do I need to listen to you? So sometimes when they leave us and they come back, we see a little bit of a disconnect. Yeah. Of like, bro, you're, you're good. We know that. But you're, you're getting this opportunity, but you're see, not. See, that's, that's one thing I love. Um, I miss about Europe, like, or out of the U.S., let's just say, because mm-hmm. even I come here when I play, I, yeah, I get people that would be like, yeah, man, you're good, you're good. And in my mind, I'm just like, oh, boy. <laughs> if only y'all knew, like, some of the people that I played with or, like, I, I've been on the field with, like, that's what made me good. But because it's like I'm following, I'm learning, all those things. But, yeah, you're right. When when I came here, the one thing I've learned is that a lot of a lot of kids now like just feel like okay you know i get a little bit of props from this or from that person and i'm good mm-hmm. oh my god they're so wrong yeah and the discipline is one thing that's important i do not see a lot of that happening Mm-mm. and like you said you know it's it's easy for them to come and say okay well we're gonna come grab the mexican-american that everybody is hyping up and this and that and i'll put it this way right 
every most of the people that I feel like America is hyped up are mediocre. Mm-hmm. No offense. It's too soon though. They give exactly. Their, they give them their flowers too soon. So they give them the flowers so soon that I feel that it puts so much pressure on these players that they end up just not knowing where, like where to go, what to do. Perfect example, and whom until now I just wonder, like, dude, what happened to this kid? It was Freddie Adu. Mm. Don't come, laugh. Come on, bro. <laughs> that was to me. That was the biggest. Like, I was just wondering, like, yo, why the hype around him? Like, we haven't seen anything. But then you go when you come to the modern days and you look at it and you're just like, but then they got a kid like Alfonso Davies, who's top five. Uh, 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 what's it? Right back. Left. Winners, yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah. in the world. So what's like? What makes it? You know, but that again, you start looking at that mentality. Davies was a kid. You could tell he was grounded. Mm-hmm. There was no oh because uh, people are telling me I'm good in this. No 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 no. I'm gonna go work hard, mm-hmm. and then if I make it, I make it. That's good. And now he's doing it. But yeah, you're right. There's a lot of hype around kids like super early these days. Interesting point though. So I had a um, I have a podcast as well, but like Jordan Harvey, who was the left back at LAFC for a few years, mm-hmm. and then as a left back as well at Vancouver Whitecaps, I mentioned to him. I said, okay, you had you know you and Davies were on the same side. And he was still in those formative years where he was reception to receptive to information. Mm-hmm. How did you work with him? And one of the things he said was his ability to hear a concept or hear a tactical concept in the game and say, hey, like he said in the podcast, you know, when you're checking in, he's on your back, check in for one second and then take off. And he said, Omar, I would tell him one thing. And within the game, it wasn't even like after the game, he said, oh, what did you say? Within the game, he was able to hear it. And the next play, he applied it. And I think that's what you're saying is that like, one, be receptive. That's the first step. Be mm-hmm. receptive to information. Recognize that you don't have all the answers. But then also, two, try to apply it. And if you can apply it, now you've kind of like already recognized that this is a pattern. And then from there, I think once you're receptive and you recognize other people have the answers as well, you're going to be able to be a little bit more understanding of like, okay, this person's just trying to help me and it's making me better. Boom, I have the picture. And that's a process you can continue at every level. Nice. So to go off of that, what if the player... Some players obviously can't retain that as fast as Davies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much m- more time do you have as a coach to help develop if they don't can't apply it in a week right or away. two? Video. What's the process? Video. I think it's video. Uh, our our head coach and Reek for the second team, as a coach, he has the same I guess application of teaching for coaches as he does for players, and vice versa. He says the only way you're ever going to get anybody to get to where you want them to get to is you have to spend time. Like, that's it. That's why parents who are good parents, right? They spend a lot of time with their kids and they give them the understanding and like, okay, I'm going to give you this this concept. I'm going to let you run with it for a little bit. And then when I need to step in, I'll step in. But sometimes they give you the concept. They never check back in. And now you've probably gone the wrong way. Some people maybe self-correct and they get better. Yep. But other people, they go the wrong way for so long that it's hard to correct. Yeah. So I think for us as coaches, we're very hands-on. And I think that's the step as well when we recognize I'm teaching you something, but I'm showing you video and I'm spending a lot of time, but you're not retaining the information. And then we talk about the reality of the world. At a certain point, when your contract is up for negotiation the next year, I have to say, is my investment as a coach and my time, is it worth this player? Or can I find somebody else, scout somebody who maybe technically, tactically is already higher than you and their retention levels higher? Is my investment going to be more uh, justified with them? Probably. So I think that's for us is we show them the video, we discuss things with them. But at the end of the day, if the player is not 
they're not able to do it. That's why Man City's so good, right? You have Pep who brings the players in. It's cutthroat. It's cutthroat, but the players fit his style. Yeah. And for when, when they fit their style, you're able to coach a certain way. And those concepts aren't just being applied and, and you have success. They're being applied and successful at the highest level. highest level. And I think that's where as coaches, we need to, as best as we can, scout those players that we see the profile, but at the same time to spend the time. And if you spend the time and it's not there, then... Yeah, you got to... But the thing is, Arsenal, as an Arsenal fan, they let Harry Kane go when he was like seven. Foolish. It was foolish. He goes to Tottenham and it works out there. But in our head, it's like, okay, you need to understand as well, when are we letting these players go? If we let them go too soon, they'll never actually hit their peak. We talk about Odegaard. That's a problem, yeah. Yeah. Because Odegaard had something to prove too. That's another thing. I feel like it becomes a personal challenge Mm. when it seems like, okay... You guys told me I couldn't, I couldn't make it here. Mm-hmm. Then okay, we're, we'll we'll get at it then. And that's what I feel for Odegaard. I think he took it personal that Madrid was still just told him, "Hey, you have to wait." And he was just like, "No, I don't. I'm at a point where my level is good enough to play on the first team. So it's either you guys keep me and I play on the first team, or let me go elsewhere." Yeah. But I think he did a great decision. That was a great decision mm-hmm. to go to Arsenal. Because For he's sure. just boss in the midfield. It's but the thing. So I look back to because I'm I'm the goalkeeping side. So mm-hmm. I kind of remember the early days of David de Gea. Mm-hmm. When de Gea was at Man United, everybody was saying like this guy cannot take the physicality. Bro, he was a shamble. He was in shambles for a little bit. You mm-hmm. could see even some of the goals he conceded in the early days on crosses. They would just throw guys on top of him, and that was it. Miss punches, miss like just do all that stuff. He had his shot stopping, which we'll give it to him. But if you're not in the right headspace because all you're focusing on is the crosses or the things that they're trying to expose out of your game, it'll everything really diminish. Else. It'll yeah. yeah, it'll affect everything else. But then Fergie, for example, and I think this is where a lot of coaches as well, it's like, how much do you stick with a player and how much do you say, oh, they're just not good enough? Mm-hmm. And I think he stuck with him knowing that like at the basis and the foundation, this guy's shot stopping is probably Incredible. the best in the world at the time. Yeah. And his feet are okay, but we don't play a system where we have to play out of the back. So I think now, when you give him some time, he started to grow and grow and grow. He plugged some holes. And once he plugged those holes, you start realizing, okay, that time and that investment was worth it because we saw that he was good enough to carry his weight in other areas Mm -hmm. that gave us an opportunity to really work on this one aspect of his game that wasn't there. And I think that's like the cycle that we find ourselves as coaches in, is finding those players in the scouting process. And as a coach, I'm recognizing how big the scouting process is now. Like if you don't take the time to scout the players, we talked about it. Some players who yep. physically, technically, tactically, they have it, but emotionally, they don't have they're it. They're not there. And that's the thing is that we need to do the scouting. And then once you have the scouting done, then you can start recognizing all the things you can work on in the field. But if they're not receptive, they're not coachable, and their reputation doesn't really follow them in, in the best light, why am I going to take a chance on you and spend a year with you? So yeah, does right. the reputation follow? As it does. Oh, reputations, yeah. Totally. You you hear yeah. all the time. Like even this uh, this year for LAFC2, they asked me, they said, hey, we have a like the 51st pick in the MLS draft. Uh, I said, okay. They said, we want to draft a goalkeeper. So for me, it was like my opportunity because you can see it from behind the scenes and say, yeah. oh, this guy's scouting, this guy, this guy. But when you're the one scouting, it's like, oh, shit, okay. I need to put, if I'm putting my name on something, I got to really, really jump on this. Mm-hmm. And so I called like pretty much every college coach. And I would say, hey, your goalkeeper is a guy we're, we're looking at, interesting profile, what do you think? And they'll tell me, oh, he's really, really good at this, this and this, but emotionally still, like he doesn't know how to be the guy. And you're right, one thing I, I, I feel that, I feel that if this is not right, it, nothing can be. Because look, if you're here 
and we're trying to apply uh for example for goalkeeping we have some goalkeepers the goalkeeper we drafted great shot stopper his feet could be improved mm -hmm. but for us it's recognizing look when we talk to you about a prep touch i'm going to show you the video you're stabbing at it here uh if the guy's pressuring you you got to take a bigger touch to create space so you're teaching them all these different things but if emotionally they beat themselves up and they don't allow that uh, they don't have the self-awareness to know it's going to be a process to get better and they continuously say, well, I'm not getting it right on the first day, it's done. Or the second day, it's done. And then maybe a week they go, they go by and then they feel like they got it. And then one terrible day, then all of a sudden, mentally, called mental midgets, like they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're dropped to a level that they can't even, they can't even uh, accept new information. Yeah. And I think that's for us. We never really know that until we work with the player. You can always have conversations and nowadays too. If I'm coaching a kid and I want this guy to go somewhere great, I'm going to talk him up for sure. Of so course. You always take a grain of salt. But I think, yeah, mentally, if you can't have that uh, fortitude to push through the rough days, then you'll never be able to apply the concepts that the coach wants. Yeah. And then for us as well, it's just trying to figure out, is that just something that maybe they need to work on? Is that something that's going to stick there forever? And we can't really like, there's a ceiling we can't get past. And I think for us, it's, it's a gamble at times. If I'm being honest, it's a gamble. But at the end of the day, do your due diligence and hopefully it pays off. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. Now. Sure. You're Arsenal fan. I am. United fan, which by the way, <laughs> you guys are playing versus Fulham right now. Yeah. That's um, how are you feeling about this season? Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. That's I think that's, if you look at it, just again, all the players too, like Zenchenko was a huge signing. Trossard, huge signing. How did, how is it that, again, I'm still in awe that Manchester City let go of that kid. Again, right place because for us. I'm even I, exactly. <laughs> uh -huh. and it seems like in the past years, Arsenal has been lucky where it's like, or at least whoever is their scout, the head of scouting, mm -hmm. is smart enough to go find the kids that are Portuguese. really good <laughs> Portuguese, yeah. and just be like, oh yeah, we know you don't want him. That's fine. Well, just come on, mm -hmm. send him here. And then I look at Zinchenko play, and I'm like. Yeah, that's another one of Pep's mistakes. Hey, but he's a winner too, mm -hmm. and that's the thing. That mentality. He knows. He knows how to win. And I, uh, I was talking to uh, like Steve Trundolo and the assistant coaches for LAFC, and we were just talking about how Bale going into that final. Oh my God! That uh, you know he was injured throughout the whole season, mm -hmm. and I think uh, they and still gave you guys a trophy. Oh, for sure. And he could retire. He's on the Mount Rushmore of like just creating he those good. moments that I'm live forever. Listen, he good. At Madrid, it was an up and down with Bale, but mm -hmm. the man is a legend, man. He gave us so many moments, so many moments, which, by the way, my favorite was getting past, uh, what's his name, Mark Batra. Mm. <laughs> Jesus the, go the goalkeeper at the time, uh, Pinto. Yeah, I forgot. Pinto, Pinto, Pinto. 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 That, he was in the time, I think uh, Valdez had torn his ACL at the time, mm -hmm. and, and that goal he conceded was terrible. We'll, give, we'll give him the memory of dribbling Mar Barcha sliding out of the field and all that stuff, but... I get that, but let me, let, me get, let me get back to the LAFC. Yeah, let me get to LAFC. So I was talking to those guys and I said, did you know, like with Bale in these situations that he was going to produce something of magic? And they said, look, you know, we walked up to him and we asked him, you know, can you give us, can you give something. us some minutes? Yeah. And he says, if we need a goal, I'll get I'll it. score. I'll score. So that the game's going on. Obviously there's a moment here where you one. need, man, I was in the stands. It was Yo, crazy. That was one of Listen, the best games I've I was watched, sitting bro. down and watching and I lost it when he scored. When I'm saying because like you know we're 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 fans as mm -hmm. a whole of, of of the game, so it's like when you get those moments, you're just like, what just happened? This dude literally just came in and changed the whole course of this game. Totally. I I seriously, I thought I thought Philly was taking it. I think everybody did. Everybody just <laughs> it was just like then Bill comes in. I'm like, 
I don't know. That Madrid yeah. DNA might, yeah. might tweak a little in, bit. I, I saw what he did every time with Madrid three times. And I'm like, yeah, he about to do it. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> but he has, he has that DNA. And that was like the, to sum up that conversation with, with Steven, those guys, it was like, when you have players like a Chiellini coming into a team, when you have like guys like Bale, we talk about Zinchenko, yeah. and then you talk about guys who have the winning mentality, the winning DNA, they will influence a group way more than on the field, just emotionally, and say, guys, like, like we're not going to stop this process until we win. And a lot of guys, you know, when you get, you get the supporter shield, they want the supporter shield, you win the Western Conference. Maybe there's young guys who don't know how to win. Psychologically, they can probably turn off and say, well, it's a, it's a successful season. Mm -hmm. it's, it is what it is. But when you get to the final, and then again, Bale- You have that type of person. Yeah, Bale's like, like, yo, just put me in. I'll score. I got you. And he has that self-belief, and he does it. And they end up winning the whole thing. Then I have a Steve, uh, uh, Steve again. I said, that just that winning mentality. He said, Omar, when he was at uh, Hanover, he was saying that there were times where they were going into the, the last few games of the season in the relegation battle. And they wouldn't recruit players when the, the staff would come to them and say, we want this guy. I'd be like, ah, he's been relegated before. He's been relegated before. Ooh. And they would say, we don't want that because we want to have the mentality, the mentality. of players who know how to fight and, and stay, stay above. There. So he said that we always wanted players who either had relegation battles and got through it or guys who were proven winners. Mm -hmm. And I think to round that whole thing out, it's like there's so many intangibles that as a coach you can't really see. But if you can influence the group in a way where you get players who can teach those young guys that ability to win, the ability to, in the gym, I know your process, in the kitchen cafeteria, mm -hmm. I know your process as a player too. Hey, this is probably not going to influence me today, but these carbs or these this protein or whatever Eating it is. healthy, yeah. all that. Yep. And they showcase that process and they create that framework for the young, the young players. Then all of a sudden you win a championship and you're like, oh, damn. Oh, you, you saw the profiles that were there, the Chiellinis, the Bales, the... I mean, who else? Carlos. I mean, Carlos has been a has been a winner all his life, but yeah. now he actually got the big trophy. Mm -hmm. John McCarthy, who was the goalkeeper that got subbed in, mm -hmm. he if you see him. Oh on yeah, the field, he did. He did get subbed in. Then you guys had a um, an injury, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. So. Max, it was like a through ball, not through ball. Uh, Mario like hit a long pass back, and then it was kind of like a short one. He came out, ended up breaking his leg. Yeah. Max had an amazing Max. Yeah. The goalkeeping core that we had last season uh, with Tomas, who was a, was the second team with us for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then you had Max and John. But Max and John, mentality-wise, they're just yeah, because savages, man. When you see them in training, and you're just like, "Bro, chill. Like, you need to relax a little bit." Like, and but they were just the like that's the winning that's mentality, and you saw it in every single line of Bro. players. You started recognizing the, oh, this is the person that yeah, Ilya exactly. Sanchez. I mean, look, I can't even discount like Sifu and those guys, but like, Ilya Sanchez again from Sporting KC. He was at Barcelona when he was younger mm -hmm. in the La Masia and all that stuff. And then you see him come through. And then that was the missing piece as well. The mentality like, of like composure, relax, but let's go. Let's press. Let's go. And they never shut it off. And as a young kid, even as a young coach, I'm watching that going, damn, that's not even something that I ever identified as something that I would appreciate in a player. Now that I'm seeing it at the highest level. Okay, let me see. Can I find a player who has that intangible or can I teach that to somebody? And that's, again, where your skill as a coach can come in. I love that. So... This year in MLS, um, I've been following a little bit. Who are your, obviously, you can be biased, mm -hmm. LAFC. <laughs> but I want to I know, like, who do you feel, let me say five top, pro or three top prospects that you've seen so far that are like, oh, yeah, this kid is. Players? Kid, players. Whether it's a goalkeeper, anyway. Oh, man. 
You know, I'll, skip, I'll skip this part. I'll come back to you. You know who I um I was I was asking that because one of my favorite players right now, um, or like I, I I'm just like, okay, this kid, I feel maybe after this year, I don't think he's gonna stay out here. The Argentine kid in uh Atlanta. Oh, he scored a banger last my yesterday. Word. It's free kick. He is he is it's almost like when I see him play, I see, it, it's almost like he's a couple steps above. Mm-hmm. And you can just tell, just like um, they did with... Uh, Almiron. Almiron. I think he's going to be gone. Mm. I don't think he's going to last out in the MLS. I don't think so. But that's, that's the... But, that's the, like, yeah. you know, but what the beauty about it is it shows that the MLS has players. It has good players. Mm-hmm. Again, for me, I just... I, I think a lot of the rules and regulations that are built around the sports itself doesn't help. Mm-mm. doesn't help at all because if not then i think the u.s would be one of those places where you're buying players for 50 100 mil you know i don't understand why we're not at that point yet yeah so. it's a that that's i, I don't want to speak on that too much because i'm not well equipped on it or like mm-hmm. as like deeply uh in terms of the understanding of the youth system i've been very fortunate to like bypass that as a coach yeah we're like i've I worked and so I had like I have a YouTube channel and everything and I used to do like private sessions and in that session I would film people and from there I was able to post it but also to be able to break down the the content. Mm-hmm. So I was very much like individualistic, like very private training. Nice. And then from there built into LAFC, the second team, Las Vegas Lights at the time, and then moving into uh the obviously second team now LAFC two. Um so I've been very fortunate in that sense to kind of like maybe unfortunate at times to kind of bypass that the growth levels yeah. where like you can really see as a coach your technique and like all the little things that you would teach into a goalkeeper i feel like i haven't spent more than like three years with the player so i can't really see if my methods necessarily work completely mm-hmm. but i do know that at the next level with video and all that stuff i've found a way to message my messaging in a way that's digestible and hopefully doesn't confuse the guys and technically and tactically find ways to uh, help them in the year or two that I do have them. Mm-hmm. But I do give a lot of respect to the guys at like the academy level or the guys who are, you know, spending day in and day out four or five days a week with these kids who have their IDPs and development, uh, d- dependent development programs, all that stuff. But me personally, I haven't seen it at that level yet. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a long answer to tell you I'm not. At least, yeah, hey, no, yeah. you're, so you're what, honest. What are three top goalkeeping keepers on the way? anywhere in the world that have caught your eye and they're like this person is going to be oh, yeah. fire that would that's actually cuz i i saw yeah. i saw one on of the clips of one he's portuguese so jose sa nah no. uh fabio uh fabio cavallo yes yes he's at uh, he's uh playing braga. he's at braga braga sporting mm. no nah, braga okay i don't know the portuguese side too much i know the name but i i, I don't know him but he's, i do know go ahead go ahead. i know petrovic Okay. Who's uh, the goalkeeper now at New England Revolution? Mm-hmm. They scouted him. I think he's maybe 22, but they just scouted him. They played against LAFC recently, but and he had an unbelievable game, like double saves. Like so they lost 4-0, which doesn't like indicate how well he played, but it could have been five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. He's a go- he's a goalkeeper. He's still young that I think will be sold to Europe, and I think he will. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to see too, like a, a goalkeeper like Gagas Lonina. Who was yes. at you know he was yes. at Chicago Fire and then he got sold for ten million to Chelsea. I think it's like six plus incentive, so ten, yeah. 10 in total. Mm-hmm. I think he's there. I I would watch some of his clips. I think with his feet can get a little bit better um, from just raw shot stopping and and personality too. Like I follow him on Twitter 
and he's like what 16 17 and he's like posting like inspirational quotes and like Love inspirational that. messages from himself they but i think up, up here yeah i think up here he's got a little bit of that and i'm sorry i'm trying to think who else we got out there ramsdale as an arsenal fan of course but that's too when you look at those guys who kind of like mature and just get those opportunities to play at different places like a bournemouth like sheffield i think sheffield united for him mm -hmm. where results matter but for them the development is more is more important because you want to sell those guys to bigger teams exactly. so i think they have more invested in your development so i would say for me just like i think those three right now that i think You'll start to see. I think Ramsdale will be the England number one after I think so. Pickford's moved he on. He deserves it. I, I think For sure. he deserves it. I honestly think he is going to sit Pickford down. Not even before Pickford moves on. Mm. I, the way he's going right now, he is going to sit Pickford down. I think it, it, Pickford should have left. Uh, what's it called? Everton. Everton a while ago. If Pickford wanted to be like for me solidified as one of those like legendary type of goalkeepers, whenever teams like. Uh, I think United had gone for him at some point or tried to. United goes for everybody. They just come for every goalkeeper you know, to like, replace the hay for so long. And and when those big teams come in, like I know you have a certain type of loyalty to the teams that, mm. that pretty much bring you up, but you gotta move on. Look at Leicester City. Their their championship winning team got decimated by the after, you know, as soon as that championship was won, you had their key pieces that left. Kante. Mm. Mares. Chelsea picked him up. Mares, which I don't understand why Vardy didn't get out. <laughs> He's loyal. That's why. I, he I, was too I, loyal. I respect that though. Too loyal. You, you got to respect that. I, some players. You got to get the bag Talk too. To, you yeah. Get yeah. I would. I would have been gone. Yeah. Like, I would have been gone. There's certain players that don't lose their merit, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, Francesco Totti, for example. Of course. I, I. You have to respect that in the game mm -hmm. as well. Oh yeah. Because nowadays, I don't think that that's a thing oh, anymore. Definitely you know. But but with the difference with like a uh, Francesco Totti and those type of guys is that he actually really he came up from that that you know so from a kid till his retirement was roma mm -hmm. and he even said it like the only um, i mean which i wish he would have the only team he would have gone to was madrid that's if anyone could convince him it was madrid but yeah he was so loyal to roma he was like yeah no nah, i'm not yeah i'll, I'll stay home same with steven gerrard mm -hmm. i know i, I, I yeah. yeah i've been watching so many little clips of him and his like uh, love affair with Mourinho mm -hmm. and how Mourinho. he said if uh he said one you were the best coach in the world at the time and i think he mentioned it at the time that he was mm -hmm. um but like even reflecting on it he said i would the only place i would ever go is wherever Mourinho was so if he was at chelsea i would have played for him at chelsea madrid i would have played for him at madrid so I think those are the players as well that they were intrigued about maybe moving, mm -hmm. but because their loyalty to their team, he said, I could win dozens of trophies at Madrid or other places, but the one or two trophies that I want at Liverpool would just, it would, it would be exactly. mean so much more because I'm through and through. So I get the loyalty. Even like, look, you look at Chiellini, you look at uh, uh, Buffon and those guys, when they got that, that ban from Serie A, they go to Serie B. A lot of those guys stayed. They really mm -hmm. did. They did. And I think that in itself, it's, it's kind of lost in the new generation. I think that's the the thing that I'm noticing as a coach and what I tried to like communicate them the to them too is the loyalty, but also too like you need to understand that the opportunities that you're given are because the people who are watching you at these clubs, exactly. they really, really, truly believe in you. And we want to see the best for you. And I think sometimes there's that disconnect of like, eh, I don't really have any loyalty or anything to that team when in reality, there's a group of people who are, are bowing for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> who was the your keeper that, when you were coming up, inspired you to oh, be the baller? It's too many. Give me, give me, give me three. Uh, 
I would say Peter Schmeichel. Mm -hmm. Number Very one. Very good answer. The top. Very good answer. I've, I've said this before, but I have I have like this VCR tape that, funny enough, was my brother and I, we shared a room, bunk beds. And every single night we had two things on. Peter Schmeichel. It's like a documentary mm -hmm. about his time. It was like definitely the best goalkeeper, greatest goalkeeper ever. That was one. And the second one was Rush Hour 2. So we had, it's like, it's, we had like a contrast. That was, that's that. good. That's oh, bro, good. We, 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 my brother and I can recite every single phrase and word from that movie. But the Peter Schmeichel one, it was, I think, one of the reasons my brother became a huge United fan. But also for me, like everything Peter Schmeichel did, it was just like from the emotional side, how he yelled at his teammates. Yeah, for sure. They never really showed what he was saying, but it was just like that the, the substance wasn't there. But what I saw was like a framework that I can build of like, he's successful. He's yelling at his players. Maybe I can do that. Mm -hmm. Then his shot stopping ability. Two things. One, he was so brave on 1v1s. If you watch some of those situations, there's one sp uh, particular save where he makes a save and then the ball bounces to a forward and he literally stares at the forward and it's like six yards away and the guy blasts it, hits it right in his face and he, he, uh, he pushes it yeah. away. But in my head, I was like, bro, if, I, if you want to be at that next level, you got to be brave. You got to be confident. You got to think that your shit doesn't stink pretty much. Mm -hmm. So he was the one that I try to mirror the majority of what I did after. And then at the time, Jens Lehmann. I wouldn't say he's part of my my top, but he's with the guy as well because I'm an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Those like that 0, 02 to 04, Four. watching those games. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad early on would say, hey, you're watching these games. Like I would wake up before TiVo and all that stuff. I would wake up at like 5 a.m. to watch games. And my dad would say, okay, look, I, I understand why you're watching, but you're wasting your time if you're not kind of just sitting there and try to analyze every little thing mm -hmm. that you can apply. Use it as a template. And I had some resistance, obviously, because you're just like, bro, I'm just trying to watch this game. Like, leave me alone. But in my head, I was like, oh, my God, he's right. I'm watching, you know, Jens Lehmann set up his wall. I'm watching Jens Lehmann communicate. He was a, he was a dog, too, like yelling at his teammates. Uh, he's a champion winning, winning all those trophies. So in my head, I'm, I'm using those guys as like my Mount Rushmore of, OK, if I want to hit my North Star, these are the guys to look at. Then I had at the time with Chelsea, Petr Cech. Oh, Bro, he had a period where Chelsea was obviously dominant and like they were so good. But you just watch him as well, like tall, like, tall, lanky, uh, fearless, one just fearless, bro. Stay big. This man, uh, bro, this man, he had to end up wearing the yeah, thing yeah, for yeah, his whole helmet. career <laughs> just because of, like you said, again, the courage for him to even go into that type, those type of battles. That's like, oh, for sure. And he had that big, big save against, I think, everyone. Two of them that I always remember. One against Chicharito. The, I think it was like the far post. He kind of headed it and he came mm -hmm. across, made the save. And then Andy Carroll. There was one where it was a chip far post. Andy Carroll headed it and he like hugged it onto the post and it went out. I think I see. I think yep. I remember that one. And Andy okay. Carroll celebrating and like all that stuff. Obviously Champions League final against Bayern Munich. Those are things that I'll never forget. Those are things that are formative for me. Um, and obviously Casillas, Victor Valdez. <sighs> Like those two, again, the battle between those two teams for so many years, it was just Casillas. Classicos today. Uh, yeah, well, that's perfect timing for that. Uh, but Casillas, obviously, we'll talk about some of the saves he's, he's made, but like him being a champion, him being the size that he was, him making saves that you would go, oh, bro. Like, I remember, God, I, so I, I talk too fast. No, but go ahead, please. When I, I think it was 2000 and... 2005, Kobe Bryant had those shots, two shots against Portland Trailblazers, where he got a ball and he like dribbled and like faded away and made mm -hmm, a three, yeah. sent it to OT. And then like later on in overtime, he made the shot that won the game. And I remember the next day, it's the schoolyard. We were like schoolyard, the school. We were uh, uh, getting inbounds pass from our friends and each one of us had a chance to replicate the shot. And it was just like, all right, bro, here we go. Three, two, one, pass the ball. Then we try to make that shot. 
And I used to always look at uh, like Casillas and especially Casillas at the time, I would look at some of his saves and we would like try to recreate those things in training. I'm like, all right, this is where there's a really famous one where Fernando Torres had an unbelievable shot. He made the save and I was like, let's try and recreate that. So I would always try to replicate what I saw. And I've, I find that now as a coach where any, any young coach is listening as well, it's like, find if you don't know where to start find someone who is your north star or somebody yeah. who is successful in the style of Whom play you can or mimic yes yeah. that you can create an idea and then once you have the idea and they've given you like the template of what to follow now you add your own little pieces to, to fill things in and i think that is where as a player i copied so many styles and why i have such a gripe with this next generation where it's like go watch the games like if you can watch it live great if you can watch the full game even better but when you're watching these highlights of these goalkeepers make these saves, you're only seeing the no, final action. just that little part. Yeah, and that's why I think Neuer was so big. For me, it was the next one to answer the, the final. Manuel. The final person was the Manuel Neuer. Seeing him You think he's better peak, than Ter Stegen? I think at his peak he was. Yeah. Right I now, so I would too. say, obviously, he had a skiing incident where he got injured. Um, and then you have, oh my God, I forget his name, who stepped in for him at Bayern now. Oh, uh, oh um, that dude, the Swiss, the yeah, Swiss, yeah, Swiss guy. He's, I like him. I love him. He's great. God, I like him. I, when I, I need to know the names, long, I always long, forget. Long, yeah, yeah, trust me. We, we, know, we, we got know who the, you're talking yes. about. Uh, he's good, though. He's great. I don't think. I don't know if Neuer uh, yeah, will come back, and if he does, me. this guy will be I don't the guy. think he will. No. I don't think he will, because the way, the way it even seemed, it just seemed like Bayern were so disappointed that he even took that mm -hmm. trip, which it seems like they he wasn't. They told him probably, yo. If you're going on a ski trip, don't do anything crazy. And Oliver Kahn is like alleged. Hey, look, that's the last person. So Neuer, Oliver Kahn. He is. He was ruthless. Yes, Oliver Kahn. So 2002 World Cup. He mm -hmm. got. I think he was. He won the Golden Glove. They lost in the final. Everyone remembers the drop he gave to to Ronaldo. But like, I used to have another a DVD, and we used to have a Honda Odyssey, our car. So we would go to these tournaments. And 2002 World Cup, I have the highlights. And 2004 uh, Euros, I have the highlights. And we would put it in the car and I would watch those things on repeat over and over and over. And I remember watching Oliver Kahn and I was just like, he had this uh, like one-handed save, I think against Costa Rica. And I was just like, holy shit, that's badass. I love that. His 1v1s against uh, the Republic of Ireland when Robbie Keane was still kind of coming up. They, I think they lost that game, but still like he made so many saves against the US too, Landon Donovan 1v1. These are all things that come back to me because I remember watching those. And again, it provided a framework for me to be like, I'm not probably the same size as these guys, but I can still recognize little things that they do, nuances in their game that they've probably spent hundreds of hours trying to fine tune and, and modify to their profile that I can steal and say, damn, I can make it my own. You know who was um, one of the goalkeepers that um, I loved? And he actually influenced Buffon, mm. and I think I didn't even say Buffon. I think Buffon's one of Buffon's kids is actually named after him, Tomas Cono, mm. Cameroonian goalkeeper. Yep, yep, beast of a goalkeeper too. It's it's okay. I like I like I like the selection. <laughs> I like the selection. Yeah, these are those are just my my go tos, man. All right. <laughs> so for this segment of the show, mm -hmm. we're gonna pick. Your top five saves yes. of all time. Okay. I would like to preface this. Okay. When you asked me to do this, my my mentality with it is the moment as well. Mm -hmm. So the saves, obviously, there are amazing saves that have been made throughout the, the, the history. In which it it's the moments in which it happened. And I think we all have technical application of saves. I don't want to say But those technical application of saves need to happen at the right moments. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. All right. So describe the first one to us. Okay. <laughs> this, this, I'm not gonna lie. This one, this one still hurts. Oh, still of course hurts. it does. <laughs> it still hurts. I'm still gonna say it was a lucky save. Gonna play it. Oh. Uh, this just, I think for us as as goalkeeper coaches, we always say whether it's a 1v1 or uh, in these tight situations, as the ball's traveling, you as the goalkeeper will have the control. But mm-hmm. once the striker has the ball at his feet, you got to slow down your positioning. Because if you over and get uh, overdo it and get a little greedy, you'll find yourself not able to set. So in this moment, Emmy Martinez, former Arsenal guy, stupid decision to sell him. But 1v1, he the ball's traveling. He closes the gap. And once he closes the gap, now he activates the feet. If he's one, two steps back, he tries to reach with his feet. He may not be able to close the angle down. So I think one thing for me is the last second of the, of the World Cup final, oh, cool. making this save to send it to PKs. That's the moment. But also, too, the technical and tactical understanding to get to a position, not get too greedy, get set, and then really extend his feet. Oh, man, that to me is just like any kid that watches this can recognize. Just That was how- amazing. I, I'll give it to him. Even though I, I I still try to be biased, and I'm like, oh, if that was Mbappe, I had that one. <laughs> you know that we were we were winning it. Yep, yep. What's our What's uh, our next one? Oh, oh man. Oh, 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 oh. oh man. This one, obviously, I've seen so many documentaries of Liverpool versus AC Milan. I think this is 05. Do this. This plus the PKs at the end, which now the rules. Brianna Scurry in 99 against China. She was the one who stepped about five yards off yep. her line and then no one ever called it. So yep. that, she was probably the catalyst of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then you look at uh, this, this Jersey Dudek save against Man. Shevchenko. That was obviously down 3-0. You guys, they come back in like, a, like what is it? 11, 10 minute span, 3-3. And then in overtime, when it was still golden goal in the Champions League, cross it in, he makes the first save, it bounces. And right then and there, by the skin of his teeth, just like re- reaches his arm out. Boom, hits it over the net, and you go, holy shit. This is like, as an AC Milan fan, you have to go, this is just not our day. No. Yeah, no. This is just not our no. day. For no me, the moment, the moment Liverpool were came back at two, I was just like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're going we're gonna to see Ancelotti was the coach at that time, right? For Milan, yeah. Milan, yeah, yeah. At yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah. If I'm not missing that man's record, man. He's been everywhere. He's He's been everywhere. He's definitely a beast. That one to me, I think, again, when you look at performances when you're young, that was the one where everyone said, where were you? Did you watch the game? I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it live because I was still like not sure too much about the Champions League. I knew when Arsenal played and all that. But these are the games you didn't know where you Mm -hmm. could find them. And I remember Sharif was like, did you see the the game in Istanbul? Did you see when it was 3-0, 3-3 and the save? Dudek, PKs. And I'm like, Hold on, let me see. I don't know if YouTube was out at that point, but I remember watching it and going, holy shit, a goalkeeper can really influence this. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. To, to this magnitude and really win you the whole thing. So that was that was pretty badass. Crazy. All right, what we got? Oh, man. <laughs> this one, man. Iker. Yep. Sent Iker. <laughs> the final of of the South World Africa, Cup. Yeah, 2010. 2010. He really was a saint. Bro. You, I mean, look, look at this. This this is the one too. The reason why obviously, he baited him. Yes, exactly. I would say in in goalkeeping, this obviously is like you're winning the winning the World Cup because of this save. Yeah, and obviously too, you look at Arjen Robin. Like his career could have gone in a completely different way mm-hmm. if he makes that. But then you, for me, as as a, from the coaching side of things, you watch this and you go. When 1v1s, you hold your position as long as possible. Mm-hmm. If you do decide to go the opposite way or one way, try to have a trailing leg or a trailing arm to help you cover the angle on the opposite side. Yeah, that bait. And this, exactly. And this is the one where he held, he held, and then last minute Made he like, decided whoop. to choose and he had the trailing leg. Absolutely. And I always refer back to this. I hate those. 
I hate as a defender, those. as a striker, for sure. Yeah, I hate for those. For sure. You think you have it? Like boom, I, leg extends. Boom. Uh, I'm know. like, yes, it's going in. And the next moment I see is just mm-hmm. like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> Gianluigi, of course. I feel so bad. And the, the goalkeepers you were telling me to name, I didn't I didn't name him. Nah. He was a huge influence for me <sighs> in just everything that he did. I didn't really watch Serie A that much, but like this World Cup opened my eyes to Look. just like him as a goalkeeper. And this again, because it was Zidane, because it was in the World Cup final. The body movement. The just like just cat, everything. Cat man. reflexes. Cat like, cat like reflexes. Uh-huh. Oh. Acrobatic save. And that was when he was at his at his peak. Zidane was at his peak. And obviously we know what the, you know what happened the rest of the, the game. But that to me was just two legends. Him making a save and again having it be in a World Cup final was And you're right, those are moments that actually changed the game. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Zidane scores that goal and I think the mentality for the Italians is just Oh, for sure. Italy, I remember after the save, uh I think it was Quagarella. He started going off on that side. Mm. And then the game just changed. Red card, then boom. <laughs> Penalties. My, it's it's Gigi just this. Gigi being Gigi. Yep. You know? My greatest midfield ever. Fire. Is it done? Oh, yeah. Now, this one is the the GOAT, man. This mm-hmm. is like the save of all saves. Again, my since my grand so my grandparents they have so many old tapes at their house and Ooh! they used to yeah yeah they used to have this this is Gordon Banks in the World Cup again against Brazil and now you have I forget who was coming down the line crossing guy from all the way back mm-hmm. to, to from the first post runs to the second and still can get all the way oh just think about the physics of the header first off Pele gets up I've never seen a man jump that high he gets up. Heads it down. You coming from the near post all the way across the goal, and for you to not even just make As a save, sliding, but just dig it out, dig it out, push it over, and you see, you see the video back. It like backspins over yeah. the goal. So like the fact that he just got it over the goal, and he actually was able to backspin he it from timed that it perfectly. angle, timed it perfectly. And this is probably, I think, if you look at the saves forever, acrobatics moment, uh, just like level of difficulty. This is probably the greatest save ever. Yeah crazy because his hand like you said is a backspin so he he even understood the physics of the spin of the ball coming and how to hit it opposite way it's just everything also not to be biased i um courtois run last year oh yeah yeah was incredible performance wise liverpool in the final that was probably the one of the greatest performances he single-handedly what? evened evened out the level yes. of, of that game. Yes. Liverpool were better on the day, of course. I'm just looking like some of the saves, like when he he, he comes from a second post as Salah is coming in mm-hmm. and has enough speed, enough awareness, smart enough to to still put the body there and still touch the ball. I'm just like, okay, yeah, we're not we're not losing this <laughs> game. Same thing as uh the finals when um where I knew we weren't losing was when he saved Sadio Mane's uh shot mm. the one where he saves it and then he hits the bar yeah, goes yeah, yeah. as soon as he did that i was like yeah we're not losing this game <laughs> yeah. i'm yeah. telling it's it's not happening you because no every single every single position in the field was locked in mm-hmm. and he is the start of everything if if he gives that confidence to everybody where it's like okay yeah nothing is getting in here you guys got to go do your job yeah it's it's that's it so sure. i like to talk about competition since you just brought that up do you think it was right for not what happened to Navas? Because I feel like Navas is such a fantastic keeper, and he just—I want to say—because he's Costa Rican, he gets the end of the 
Well, for I'm sure. a I'm Madrid fan. Yeah, but yeah. Before, but like before I would say anything, I would say this, right? You have to understand, and I, I get Nava's point, but I also get where Madrid is coming from, right? I want the expert to speak. I mean, I'm, I'm saying no, just before, I'm before oh, the expert, because you say? He's, a, he's an expert, so I want <laughs> to listen to what he has to say, because but I want to I see like what he thinks about my thinking, right? If as a, a team like Madrid, right, I'll take an example. We'll go back to, even though we can never, we possibly can never replace him, I'll go to Ronaldo, right? Mm -hmm. When we let Ronaldo go, what was it? What were, everybody was like, oh my God, no, why Why do we do that? And somehow we still won a treble of, tra yeah, of yeah. Champions Leagues, right? It's the same thing for Navas. Navas, he's a goalkeeper that wanted to be the first team goalkeeper. But then if you bring in a guy like Courtois and he performs and does the things that he's doing and we see that he's doing, realistically, not to, not to shade Navas for anything, you know, thank you for everything that you've done, but... Yeah. If you're willing to if you're willing to sit back and take that second seat, then yeah, well, I'm pretty sure we would have kept him. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he wants to be a first team goalkeeper, it's very hard, especially at his age, in the team that 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 that, that it really is. Goalkeeping wise, it, it could help you in a sense if yeah. you have the ability to stay healthy and do all that stuff. Like Brad Friedel, he was he played till I don't know 38, 39 years mm -hmm. old, mm -hmm. but he attributed the fact that he did yoga for years and years and years that his Vandersar. body, Vanders, oh Vandersar. Uh, you know what? I feel so bad. I didn't, wish we can edit They're this. Doing that. <laughs> I miss Buffon. I miss there, there, There's like, a miss lot so of. There's a lot. I mean, you know what? It's it's also when you ask. It's just like me. They ask me. You can ask me who my top five are every other second you probably have like one or two that are gonna switch yeah. because it's like yeah you can't as a as someone who loves the game i i know for sure it's the same thing with you guys yeah you have probably like your top two but then when someone asks you like who are your top five it keeps alternating because yeah, it's yeah. all for me it depends on the moments it depends on the time it depends on like what competition that type of stuff you know so when people ask me who are your top five i can be like okay i can tell you but there's still people yeah. that I'm forgetting that I would technically sure. put in here. So know? I appreciate you. If that's an apology. Nah, you're good. <laughs> that's an apology for me. Don't worry about it. You're uh, good. You're good. But I think to to your point about the competition, I think, again, it's, it's important that the club has a good understanding of what their goal is, right? So like if you have in the scouting process, you feel like Courtois is going to be the guy who's going to come in and take over for Casillas. And that's like, that's the person you want to put all the effort into, all mm -hmm. the... The, the coaching and tactical, everything to fit the Madrid style, then you got to roll with it. Yeah. And I think that was the confusion is you're bringing somebody in and now at the same time, you have a guy like... Who's exceptional. Like yeah. Navas, who is still, he's a winner in his own mm -hmm. right. But now it's like, okay, so from the player's perspective, which one of us do you want? Of essentially, like you can't have two alphas in the same team. It's hard. It's very hard. From there, you got to move him on. I mean, he ended up moving on to PSG, but even then Donnarumma even then, comes Donnarumma in. Donnarumma comes in. Mm -hmm. And no lie, I'm sorry, Unpopular opinion, Donnarumma is not better than Navas. I will say this again. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 that's that. my my take. I think in terms of like goalkeeping ability, he has yeah. higher ceiling for sure. Yes. But in terms of you need someone to get you through a tournament, you need someone to Navas. make those big saves. Look, Costa Rica versus Greece. You just watched those in the World Cup. Navas is just making save after save that's after save. But even look, if you look at like the final where they won 4-1 against Juve, um, uh, what's the guy's name? The guy who scored the bike. No, 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 no. Manzukic. Uh, yeah. You look at Manzukic's goal and you look at it and you say, man, maybe somebody with a bigger profile or someone that could have made that the tall save. Tall dude. Yeah, but Couture. they win. But 
Again, they win, but no one talks about it. But exactly. like even then, then you have a, I think the first leg against Bayern Munich. Navas is cheating to the to the center for the mm-hmm. cross. They, they bang it near post. So like yeah, he still had deficiencies for sure. But again, when you as a goalkeeper or if you're a head coach and you know the goalkeeper that you're trusting in, they have deficiencies, but you know that their ceiling is up here. You're gonna give them that room to breathe and that room to have the ability to make those mistakes and grow. Yeah. But when you have two people. And now you get pressure from, hey, this guy's making mistakes. Don't give this guy room to breathe. We have a better option. Go with him. And then maybe that guy comes in and starts killing it. Now you have that. that it's just a disconnect of yeah. what's the clear outlook for both of these guys. And when you don't have a clear outlook, it gets really, really tricky for competition. But if you have, again, like a, at the time, Claudio Bravo, Ter Stegen. Bravo was the guy. Mm-hmm. Then Ter Stegen comes in. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of say, okay, well, Claudio Bravo is going to get all the league games and then Ter Stegen will get all the Champions League games. Mm-hmm. And then he starts performing crazy and mm-hmm. you're just like, wait, do we actually... But, but that's the proper way to transition yeah. is to say this guy's going to still get his minutes and then Ter Stegen will have the opportunity, maybe not on a weekly basis, to prove that he's the guy. But we can see him in the Champions League and they, they end up winning the Champions League, beat Juve in the final. So mm-hmm. like right away you're starting to see this guy could be from, from Gladbach. He's a good prospect. To, this is the guy who can help us win trophies. So I think that was how the process should have worked. Mm-hmm. Claudio Bravo slowly gets pushed out, goes to Man City, does his thing. Then he gets pushed out again for Ederson. So yep. you start looking at those things and say, okay, you need to create a system for these guys to come in, have the space to grow. And mm-hmm. once they grow, they have the ability to become the number one. But you start throwing too many things in there. It's, it's a lot. Nah, it's too much. But I, 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 I'll give props to Perez, though, because he... He transitioned to goalkeepers pretty good. There was, I'm but telling you, there was the that noise year. Around it, there was that year or two with Local. Courtois and Navas that it was just oh, like it was the a talking headache. point for everything. Because yeah. even Courtois was getting meg like those the famous games against in Barcelona, yeah. getting meg by Messi. Then those things were you kind of they go, were lingering. They were lingering. Sure. They were. It was like okay, well, guys, Courtois has been. A little bit, you know, on and off. But then Navas, you look at his track record at Madrid and you're just like, dude came in and actually just killed it. Yeah. And But then, hey, what, I, I can't say much because it's like what these coaches and stuff see, we don't see those things. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like you say, you know, these are guys that are with them on a 24-hour basis. Mm-hmm. So it's like he would know, okay, nah, you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather put Courtois rather than Navas and all that. But For sure. Okay. But yo guys, unfortunately we gotta Oh okay. And if not we'll we'll talk we'll, forever. We'll, 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 <laughs> of nah, course. Nah, nah, you know when it yeah, comes to football, that's well, you that's know we all we can do, do this all day. But I obviously we're gonna have you back on here. Thank you for coming. Especially oh, we do hope we have you, you back. Appreciate you. You got a game later today. Best of luck. Thank you. Um Guys, welcome oh, to the Which by the way, one of my one of my one of the guys we're going to interview actually I think plays on your team. Diego. Which one? Diego Rosales. Oh, yeah, yeah. Diego's cool. Cool kid. Yeah, Defender, a, I believe. Yeah, he mixes. We Sometimes we have him as like a center back, sometimes mm-hmm. as, a, as a right back. Mm-hmm. And right now our like... I heard he's fast. He's quick. I think he's he's gaining more maturity as well. Like he's starting to have a little bit more of a voice in the group, mm-hmm. um, in which for us, we kind of need that a little bit more. As a but still, you never know. These kids mature at the the weirdest times where I know. all of a sudden they, they try their voice out and they say, oh, fuck, I got something there. And then they become a leader. So we're hoping... Guys like him could become leaders for us. Oh, so. I'm gonna put him on the spot when he comes. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot. Let him know. Bro. Let him know. Omar said some good stuff. <laughs> exactly. Oh, thank you so much, so much. We're really happy we had you here. Appreciate you. I appreciate brother. you guys. Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you. Thank hopefully, you. Yeah, hopefully we can do it again. And of course, uh, and good yeah, luck yeah. for the game today. Appreciate yes. it. Yeah, it should so. be a good one. All right, guys. Until next time, follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube, Football and Beyond.
the ultimate soccer show. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, <laughs> it's like he's doing the commercial. Football and beyond. The hey, ultimate soccer show. I like it. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. Thank you. Thank no, you. Oh, my bro. No, that was Thanks, awesome. Guys.